Hey, my name is Brian. I have the pleasure of working with the uh, youth and young adults here, and it is my joy and my honor. We're glad if it's your first time here that you're worshiping with us. We are honored that you're here with us. I have brought my scoreboard here with us since we're in a series called Keeping the Score. I thought that would maybe help me a little bit keep the score a little bit today as we're in this series. The last few weeks, we've just really been talking about how dangerous it is uh, when we keep the score. Like how detrimental that can be to our faith and how many things fall apart when we keep score with the wrong things. It's really where uh, we've landed. Uh, today we are just talking about keeping the score of uh, our sin. You ever felt that like I have before? Well, your sin is like this scoreboard that you just keep racking them up, keep running up the score. Every mistake, every failure, every time I fall into sin, it just, I just keep racking up the, the score of my sin. I mean, every time anger wins over patience, I, the, the, the score just continues to grow over and over and over again. Every time there's, a, there's a, just a small, even a small lie or big lie, doesn't matter what lie, like it just continues to grow. Like every time gossip creeps in and you're like, you know the juicy information and you're like, you don't, like you're fighting so hard not to share what you know because the other person's not there and you just, anyways, you just can't stop yourself and you, you, you say it. Every moment of pride, it's when I struggle with a lot, I'll run it up a little bit. Selfishness. I mean, do you, do you ever just feel this? You ever just keep the score like that on the, the wrongs that you've done and just do that with, with our sins? Uh, today, uh, I wanna talk about what happens when we keep track of our sins. And how detrimental it is if you are living this type of spiritual life. And how, man, as, as we do wrong, like it, how, how detrimental this is to so many things. Like it's not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing uh, because it leads to so many different things. I mean, have you ever let shame just run and rule the day? Like you just feel all this shame because you've done wrong, because you've, you've sinned. And you just feel like a, a total piece of, of trash. We just let shame just run the score up and continue to grow in our lives. There's all these things that, like, you've ever just been riddled with guilt? Like, you just feel so bad about what you've done and the, and the sin in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. A little bit of guilt is a good thing. Like, it can turn us back and away from sin, but too much of it, right? We just wallow, and we, we, we just, it's, it's not a good thing. Like, we fall apart when it comes to many times when guilt just racks up, when we keep the score of our sin. I mean, it's just, it's not a good thing. It's one of those things that just continues to grow. I mean, we punish ourselves, right? We just punish ourselves. I don't deserve this or that. I don't deserve these people in my life. When we keep the score of our sin, these are the, the really negative things that continue to happen in our lives. Like, we turn God into this like Santa figure where we feel like we're on the naughty list and we feel like we're forever out of favor, like it's cold for us for the rest of our lives. So like when we begin to keep the score of our sin, like it, what continues to happen here is this, like we begin to believe things like this. Well, Jesus can never love me. I mean, look, Jesus can't love somebody like this. Like he can't, he can't do that. Begin to believe lies like that. That Jesus' love and grace isn't big enough to cover our sin debt. Like we begin to believe those lies that we're 
We minimize his great love. Another thing that happens when we begin to keep the score like this, like begin to isolate ourselves, like move away from people. I'm just so far gone, I probably shouldn't hang out with, with those people. So riddled with shame and guilt that we don't even want to be around people because like, we just feel so bad about our sin. It's not wrong. It's good to feel bad about our sin, right? It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. But when we keep score like this, it becomes a really, really, really negative thing. Then we begin to do this. We begin to distance ourselves from other believers and we begin to distance ourselves from church because we just feel that way. I know as a youth minister, I've seen a lot of kids that begin to do this, like they begin to keep the score here. And here's what they begin to think, and here's what even adults begin to think. Well, I'm so messed up, and my life is so off track away from God. I can't, like, youth group, if Brian found out, like if the other kids in the youth group found out, like I, I just probably shouldn't be at a place like that because I am just too far gone. There are people here this morning who are not at church this morning because they moved away from the church and from other believers because they just believe that the sin is just so high, like there's just no way that that, that can happen. And we are in this sports analogy sermon, so I'm gonna take a timeout. I felt like I could since we're in this sports analogy sermon. Can I just take a timeout right there? And can I just tell you this? I just want to tell you this uh, really, really quickly is this, that when you feel this way, I just want to encourage you, instead of moving away from the church and away from other believers, here's what you need to do. You need to move closer. You just got to move closer because here's what you need to know. The church is not just a place for saints. It's a place for sinners as well. It's a hospital for sinners. That's just what it is. That's a whole nother sermon, but I felt like I needed a time out there. Man, when you feel like this way, when you feel like your sin is too big, I wanna encourage you, don't move away from Jesus. Don't move away from other believers. Don't move away from the church, man. You come closer. That's what you, you, you need. And Satan loves this. He loves when we, we have this type of mentality. That's right, minimize the cross, Awesome. Yeah, think about the cross isn't big enough for you. Minimize his grace and his love. Satan loves this. He's like, yes, Brian, keep running up the score. This is awesome. Keep that kind of mentality. Satan loves this when we begin to think like this. He is all about us running up the score and feeling bad about ourselves and feeling like we're garbage and letting shame and guilt just run things. We keep the score of our sin. We've just begin to lose hope, right? That there's any hope for you and for me. We just, it's a really bad thing to keep the, the, the score of our sin. Another thing we like to do is we like to cope with the numbers that are so high. So uh, to ease this pain that we feel a little bit, a lot of people will turn to uh, drugs, alcohol. They'll mask this, this number a little bit. They'll feel like if I can numb how bad I feel about what I'm doing, Uh, through that, or maybe it's even a Netflix binge, you know, just lose yourself in a screen for a weekend so you don't feel like how bad that you feel about this or uh, about that. Like, we we love to do that as well, like to just numb that, to numb the numbers a little bit, and we just like to feel that a little bit. We just, we, we, we love to do that. And I think we'll be honest, I mean, it's obvious, right? It's pretty obvious. I mean, look at the score. 
It's pretty obvious that like, like I'm a sinner that I've messed up and I've screwed up and I've, I, I've done a lot of things. I mean, look at the score and I, I, would, I would be with you this morning. I'd be like, you're right. You were right. Like, look at the score. Like, we are broken people. And I kind of remember this nursery rhyme. Maybe you've, you've heard it when you were growing up. I'm sure you have. It's a nursery rhyme as a kid. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. We all know what happens next. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And the Bible doesn't use the name Humpty Dumpty. It just doesn't. But it does save one thing that all of us have in common. We've all fallen. We're all broken. Romans 3.23 would put it this way. It would say this, that for all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't say some have fallen. It doesn't say a few of us have fallen. It's like not what it says. It says that here's the thing. We've all run the score up when it comes to our sin. Like we, we have run the score up. The score is high. We are in trouble. Like it's just, just the way it happens. And if you've ever tried to pick yourself up from the shattered and scattered pieces and, and try to put your life back together again, just like all the king's horses and all the king's men tried to do, you just realize that it's impossible. So can I just tell you our usual game plan when we feel this way? It's like halftime. I'm the coach this morning. We're down, all right? So I need you to lean in. Just lean in in front of your chair. Lean in a little bit. It's halftime. You gotta lean in. We're in, the, we're in the huddle here, all right? It's serious. Here's the game plan we go to. The game plan that we go to when we find ourselves down like this Here's what the coach in our mind says. Okay, Brian, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we get second half here, but we, we are not done, okay? We are not done. We are, we're, we're okay here. We are gonna fight, and here's what we do. Here's how, what we try to do here. We try to erase or even the score of sin. That's like our best halftime speech is this, that Brian, you can just be good enough, like you can, you, you can even out the score, man. If you're kind enough, if you're helping little old ladies across the street, if you give, like if you give your time, Brian, you're working back, like you're even this score out. We're gonna come back. We're gonna win this thing. We're not out of it yet. This is awesome. Like we're, we can still fight. We'll give our money. We'll come to church. All these things trying to even the score. Just be a nice guy. You see, for some reason, we we get what I call skee-ball theology. Anybody ever, you ever played skee-ball? You know, you've been to Chuck E. Cheese and it's the weird, like put the quarter in and the balls come down and you're rolling them up the, the little ramp and you got these little circles that are worth point values and things like that. I, I believe we have this type of, uh, of skee-ball theology. If you played that at the local Chuck E. Cheese or the bowling alley growing up, like you, you know what I'm talking about here. Like you, you get tickets for how many times? Like if you get the hundred, if you get the ball in the hundred, you're like, yes, the tickets look, start coming down. You're like, yeah, I'm doing work here. This is good. I'm getting these tickets. I, this is going to be awesome. I am working the skee-ball machine. This is great. And you put all your money in and you get all the tickets and things like that. But then you come to the end of the night. And you go to the redemption center, and the redemption center is like, it is, it's got the coolest things ever when you're a kid, right? Like the life-size, full-size grizzly bear, teddy bear that's purple or whatever it may be. Like, it's awesome. Like, if you want an Xbox, they have one up there, and it's like 45 million tickets, you know? Like, all the cool stuff you want, you're like, you go in, and you're trading in your tickets, and you're like, this is going to be awesome. But do you ever just realize, if you're like me, I don't have enough tickets. 
You leave with a couple pieces of candy and a temporary smiley face tattoo. You know what I'm saying? So we think here. I'll just get enough tickets. I'll go to the redemption center. Here's what we want. We don't want the bear. We don't want the Xbox. We want forgiveness and salvation. Can I just be real here this morning? This score's never gonna end up even. Like you can't even the score. You don't have enough tickets when it's time for redemption. Like you, you don't have that. Like you, you don't have that. Because here's what I know. All the thoughts that go through my head and all the negative things that I do, like I just don't have it. Like all the, the things that I say, all the times that I misalign myself with God's word, all the times that I am selfish and I'm full of pride and all these things, like I just don't have it. Like the score continues to keep up and I try a couple of little things here, but here's the thing. It just never ends up. So, so what do we do? Maybe you've tried this tool and you're like, you know, you come home and you, you just, you know, it's like Chuck E. Cheese. You end up with a few Tootsie Rolls and uh, somebody gets, always picks that annoying train whistle. You ever been in that minivan on the way home? Here's what happens to me right here, okay? I am, better swallow that thing, kid, because I am just crazy. So what do we do? We had the halftime speech. We've, we've tried this plan of us trying to figure this out, and it's just not going to work. I mean, it's just we can't do enough good things, so we're kind of back at ground zero. Like, uh, we, we, we're down. So what do we do? Is, is it game over? I mean, all the king's men and, and tried to put you back together again, and you tried to put yourself back together again. You tried to play your version to think that this would even things out, but here's what you need to do today. You need to cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You must cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time to realize that only Jesus, only Jesus is going to solve this. Only Jesus is ever gonna make these things work out. I love this verse in Romans 5, 8. Romans 5, 8, it's a verse that you need to put to memory. We're gonna encourage you a couple times to do that. Here's what it says in Romans 5, 8 when it comes to this scoreboard of sin. When it comes to the scoreboard of sin, it says this, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we still had 123, like when we re-ran up the score of our sin, like that's where we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Here's the cool news. It's not game over for you and me. It's not. Like the game is not over. He's not done with us. Jesus evens the score of sin, even though our sin's off the charts, 123 to nothing. Like Even though that's that way, we, even though we've ran up the score, even though the score was big, Jesus died for us. Look what this next verse says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him, him would be Jesus. Now here, God gives us the scoreboard. Jesus has zero sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become righteousness, the righteousness of God. So here's what happens. 
In theology terms, many people would say and call it this. It's called the great exchange. It's what happens on the cross. This is what Jesus does on the cross. Jesus takes our skin. He takes our sin. He takes our score. It's the beauty of the cross. It's the good news of the gospel. And in Ephesians, it reminds us, like it continues to remind us, hey, it's not about anything you did. Remember, it, the good work stuff doesn't work. The, the tickets don't work. Like it just doesn't work that way. He tells us this in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. Like you can't work to, to, to even that up. You can't do that. It's only, it's the gift of God that's not the result of work so that no one can boast. And my question to you is, this morning is, have you received the gift of grace? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior so he can deal with this? Because if you haven't, we're gonna give you an opportunity at the end of the service today to take advantage of the greatest thing that I can ever share with you today is that Jesus wants to take care of all your sin, all your mistakes, all of those. He would love to do that. He'd like to take all 123,000 million, whatever you wanna put there. He would love to take all of them. It's the greatest news I can share with you today. What about the rest of us? We've accepted Christ and been baptized, can I just ask you, why do we, why do you keep going back to this? Why do you keep bringing this scoreboard back up? So often we, we've chosen Jesus as our savior and we come back to this and we come back to this and we come back to this and we begin to live with this scoreboard even after we've been saved. And I just wanna encourage you, like why? Why are you bringing the scoreball up? Why are you slipping back into this ski ball living where you think you can get enough tickets? Like why are you falling back into that? Like I, why are you falling back into, well, I can be better and I can, I can earn my way out of this. Why, why are, you, are you falling back into that? If you are, if you have been a believer of Jesus Christ, why are you back there? I wanna encourage you today, the way to fight this and the way to put Jesus back on here and remember that he's there is I wanna encourage you this. I want you to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Every day you're the preacher. And it's a short sermon. Shorter than this one, right? When you're tempted to start to keep the score again, I'm this or I'm that because of my sin. When you're tempted to let shame, shame you over and over and do a number on you. When you're tempted to isolate and move away from people and move away from the church and all those kind of things, all those negative things of keeping the score of sin, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember the gospel. I would love for you this, but put a, a note in your phone, write it down. I'd love for you to memorize Romans 5.8. Romans 5, 8, we read it earlier, but God demonstrated his own love for us that even though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is this verse that every day that you need to stand in front of the mirror as you're brushing the teeth and combing your hair, and this is what you need to preach to yourself when shame and guilt and isolation come for you. This is the verse that, that you can preach the gospel to yourself, but even though the score was big, Jesus came and he, and he died for me. You need to memorize this verse. It's 19 letters. 19 words, I'm sorry. I can't memorize. Seriously? If you memorize the story of Humpty Dumpty, that's 27 words, okay? 
You know that one? You could definitely remember 20s, 19 words that are life-changing that remind us that we don't have to keep the score because Jesus has died for us. This is the good news, continually focusing on the cross and what Jesus has done over and over and over again instead of focusing on, on the sin. It's, it's focusing on the cross and what Jesus has done. So today, here's your choice that you have to make. You can continue to live like this. Continue to just watch your sins. Continue to do this kind of thing. You can continue to try to, to do these things and let shame and let guilt and let separation from others win. You can try to even the scores up. If you want to continue to try to be a good person, like you can, you can try that. If you want, need some extra skee-ball tickets, I got a few for you, but I'm just going to ask you, how's that going? Here's today. Here's the, the score that we need to keep. If you are one of those people where you just gotta keep the score, if you want to keep the score, then here's the score I'll tell you to keep. Keep the score of his grace, not your sin. Just keep the score of that, not the score of your sin, because I'm telling you, you will never be able to track Jesus' grace because it's too big. You'll never be able to track his love because it's too big for the scoreboard. It just goes on and on and on and on. And I just want to encourage you, man, would you keep the score of his grace, not your sin? Before we end up today, I just want to encourage you in this. Don't take advantage of his grace. You see, here's many times what happens is we believe this. Uh, many think this, well, Jesus has got me. Here's what I'll do. I'll just continue to sin and I'll continue to run the score up and Jesus is going to cover it. And you're right. Jesus will cover all sin. Like that's what he does. That's what the cross does. It covers all of our sin. But that's not the way we live as Christians just to know, hey, I'm good. We don't continue on in sin. Like we, we want to, to, to fight that. It's not this license that, that because of the cross. Like, we can continue in that. Like, that's not what Jesus is talking about. And Paul addresses this uh, a few verses later in Romans 6.1. In Romans 6.1, here's what it say. It, it says, right after he talked about that Jesus came, even though we were sinners, what shall we say then? Shall we just go on sinning so that grace can increase? Like, we'll just keep sinning because Jesus is going to cover it. And yes, he will. His grace is that good. Look at verse 2. By no means. That's not how we live. We are those who've died to sin. Like it, it changes things. How can we live in it any longer, Paul says. You see, Jesus didn't die so we can run up the score, even though his sin, I mean, his grace will cover it all. He says, no, that we are gonna work to become like his son, Jesus, that we're gonna work to be sanctified, like we, we're gonna work towards that, that no longer are we gonna call ourselves and live in that land. We're gonna live in a, a different land. He, yes, he can cover all sin, but man, he wants us to become more and more and more like his son, Jesus. I wanna close today by reading the rest of Romans chapter six, just the, the, the couple verses after we finish. Now here, here's what it says, we're gonna, quick review, you guys, we read this together already. So here's what it says in Romans 6, one, it says this, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep forgiving? That's, is that what we do? I sure hope not. It says this in Romans, if we've left that country, I love the imagery it gives here, like we, we're in this new land. We're not living in that house anymore. 
Like we, we, we're made new. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in the old house there? Or did you realize that we packed up and we left there for good? Then he puts it with baptism. He says, that's what happens in baptism. When we go under the water, we've left the old country of sin behind. We come up new, out of the water. We've entered a new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. We're all lowered into the water. Baptism is this beautiful picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And that's what he says here. When we're lowered into the water, it's like to the burial of Jesus. And we're raised up out of the water. It's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us raised into a new light-filled world of our Father so that we can see where we're going and that our new grace, sovereign country This morning, maybe some of you are ready for a new land. You've been playing this game, keeping track of your sin, keeping that score. Jesus would say this, I'd love to take the score and I'd love for you to live different after that. Do you need a new land, a new home, a new grace-filled, sovereign home? Jesus offers us that today. Maybe it's time to leave the scoreboard behind. It's time to stop playing skee-ball theology. It's time to listen and accept the new grace. There's a new scoreboard, and we keep track of his grace, and we are in a new land. Will you pray with me? Father, I have run up the score. I am a sinner. Time upon time, I make decisions that grows my sin debt. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to wipe that away. I was lost. I've tried the good guy thing. I've tried to even it out, and it just does not work. Jesus, if there are people playing that game here today, they just realize it's, an, it's not going to work that Jesus is the only thing that works, that the cross is the only thing that cancels the debt. We can't be good enough. We can't be kind enough. It's only your grace. God, would you help us today to keep track of your grace because we'll lose count how good and how loving and how grace-filled you are. God, thank you for canceling our debt, bringing us into a new land. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, maybe there are some of you that are ready for a new land. You've run up the score like me. All kinds of different sin in your life. Here's what you need to know, that there's no sin too big for Jesus. And he'd love to cover all of them. I don't care how high your number is, that Jesus would love to cover every single one. I don't care where it lands. He'd love to cover them. Are you tired of trying to figure it out? Are you tired of trying to earn it? Just let Jesus cover it. If you have a decision to make today, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior and let him cover your debt, I'm gonna be up here. I'd love to talk with you about it. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you've just been trapped in this cycle. You've been trapped in the scoreboard. You just need to uh, rededicate your life today. Say, man, I've gotta get back to grace living. I've gotta be moving away from sin. We'd love for you to come forward as well. Maybe you want to join a church. 
or we're just trying, like the first thing on our uh, mission statement is to advance the gospel, is to advance that God, that Jesus covers it all, that it is the good news of the cross, that Jesus wipes the score clean. 